0: And we'll start that, and damn, I couldn't wait to start drinking, and I ruined the lead because I was just going to do the old just can pop and go, so I guess I'll have to save that surprise for another time. Welcome to Beerfield, where we don't always wait for the third man. I am your host at Beerfield Hop with two P's, as always, joined by Beerfield Thury with two F's, Chris Hopper, Dan Thury, eventually being joined by Ryan Minor at Ryan Minor underscore FFB. He will be here in a minute. Um, our not so optional third now. Dan?
1: Yeah, like, he kind of doesn't have a choice. He just has to be here now. Um, well,
0: yeah, just we kind of cornered yeah. him into it. It's fine. Yeah. It makes it better, though. I, I hope that that you guys are enjoying the added quality from having a third here again, because it does spark some conversation.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, like you, you can notice it after the last like four or five episodes, we at least get at least two really good discussions. And especially when we're drinking and especially now when I'm, pop- I'm popping open bourbon, it's it's going to be good.
0: I also think part of this is that we just went simpler too with more just, all right. This is what's happening. This is what people are talking about. Here's some, here's some talking points. Instead of trying to do like full structured episodes or anything like that, which is kind of what we always wanted this to be. So
1: that was, I mean, that was the initial concept. That six a.m. after a whole, you know, whole night, night of, of drinking. Yeah. Uh it, it was. uh yeah. Let's just set it up like we're at a bar talking, and then we'll just record ourselves. And then we were like, we gotta try to make it big. We gotta be the ballers. But we drink and swear and say off color um, jokes. Which will never work. Which never works because they're fucking, they're, they're the Josh Allen of, of fantasy football podcasts. They're, they're a fucking unicorn. It will never happen again.
0: It will never happen again. But what will happen again is we will do this show. Um, before we go though, uh, a couple housekeeping items. As always, beer for fantasy football is presented by the FF Face Off, FFFaceoff.com for all of your article needs um a lot of writers putting in a lot of good work um it's some some dynasty hit the comparisons
1: going on and i did not hit the live button no okay i was wondering why i couldn't find it
0: shit <laughs> <laughs> here youtube this one's for you Welcome to Beerfield, presented by the Fantasy Sports Network, where sometimes we start the YouTube live stream and other times we don't. So we do an entirely new intro just for you guys, but still don't edit the audio podcast. So there's actually two intros in the audio podcast. I am your host, Chris Hopper, at Beerfield Hop, as always, joined by at Beerfield 30, and still not with us at Brian Minor <laughs> underscore FFB. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he said he was coming, like, you know. It's Keats Keats style, but you know, uh, he's not here yet. Like, not the first know. time
0: somebody's lied to me about that.
1: <laughs> Bastard. Oh, I, was I, I was all prepared, too. I was all
0: prepared. Okay. Anyway, where was I? Uh, yeah. FF Face Off, all sorts of articles, dynasty comparisons going on there. Um, all sorts of good content being put out by a lot of good people, a lot of good conversation. Uh, and coming up next weekend when Scott Fishbowl draft kicks off, drafts kick off, mental health potathon. Uh, That'll be on the FF Face Off podcast, I believe. So, uh, make sure you check that out. A lot of people putting in a lot of work on that one. Proceeds from that. go to benefit the Hayden Hurst Family Foundation. So make sure you, uh, you tune in and check that out. Uh, on today's show, a lot of what we've been doing, we're going to talk some, some trades, uh, a little bit of a fo- unintentional focus just around maneuvering around a rookie draft and, you know, why that's a good time to execute trades and how to bring some of those together. Um, and, you know, really strategizing there, especially, you know, if you've inherited a team like an orphan, um, we're going to talk uh, a bit about some other roster structure type things, talk about keepers, break down the Baker Mayfield trade. Uh, and yeah. So it's I don't want to say a pack show.
1: It's a show. I mean, it's a show that's evolved around talking about points that people want to hear about. So or it's a show. Maybe they don't, but they're things we want to talk about. So yeah, and we got people excited about the Baker news. Like, I don't know. What it, well, I is mean, it, I'm is excited. Brian will be excited. Our listeners, more or less, want to hear our our thoughts on it, which is a good thing. That's you know that's why we're here, and, and that's why you you guys don't pay us anything, and we don't earn anything. Good times. But
0: yeah, before we do that.
1: We gotta go ahead and lick her up.
0: What's beer BeerView? What else feel like this black screen Ryan's got going on is really good for YouTube. He, he finally got that. through.
2: <laughs> I told you I'd get in. I don't know. For some reason, it keep saying my video is not allowed what <laughs> <laughs> that zoom <that, laughs> I mean, like
1: like, so, yeah. trying to tell you something here, try, try <laughs> now
2: oh, oh wait, here we go here we go wait wait wait
1: I've heard that before
0: I yeah. asked you to start the video <laughs> <laughs> did that not work either
1: oh Jesus Christ well I guess you won't get to see Ryan's beautiful face or its kids if they jump on the show
0: all right uh, that black box that says Ryan on the bottom of the screen that is, that is Ryan Miner. Ryan what are you drinking Oh, wait.
2: I am drinking. I can actually what, no, wait. Now it's just a I mean, black screen. Is it trying to get
0: me on? Uh, maybe. It's just a black screen now. <laughs> Great radio. What are you drinking? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man. I am drinking uh, Pacifico's high-end cerveza it comes in at, I don't know. I just grabbed it because I was like, man, I haven't had a Pacifico in a while. But it's brewed in Mexico and it's an imported beer.
1: Mexican beer, hey! I don't think we've had a Mexican beer on. No, mostly because I hate them. <laughs> I don't like Mexican, Mexican lagers, so that's fair. <laughs> all right, I I am uh, I am just cracking open to my basil head and barrel <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god! I was gonna do it last week, but uh, wasn't feeling too hot, so cracking it into this while we break down all the fun stuff that we're about to talk about it all right and i've
0: got some noon whistle i'm drinking good vibrations good vibrations is a uh sour pastry ale with sweet cherry puree vanilla and other natural flavoring from their pastry series so i haven't had noon whistle on a little bit they're out of uh well actually they're illinois beer the next four weeks we'll have illinois beer uh they're out of lamont illinois so chicago area this one checks in at six and a half percent so Full breakdown of an adjuncted sour beer, which seems to be all the rage the last couple of years, about halfway through the show. All right, we'll just go ahead and start with it. We'll start with the big hitter. The Panthers have acquired Baker Mayfield for a conditional fifth round pick. Uh, there's salary co- uh, compensation in the deal. I believe the Browns are covering $10 million of it, with the Panthers covering $5. Uh, he is expected to compete with Sam Darnold for the Panthers starting job. So, First off, let's break down the quarterback competition, how we expect that to go, and then what does it mean for the skill players, uh, you know, the DJ Moores, Robbie Andersons, Terrace Marshalls, Christian
1: McCaffreys of the world? Well, I'm operating under the assumption that Baker Mayfield is the starter. Um, I know Sam Darnold was had for, for a higher cost, but the Browns were operating with, le- with zero leverage so that that 24th fifth round pick without knowing what the comp- what the conditions are to increase it it's probably going to be minor as i uh, we don't expect uh i it, it, the panthers are going to kind of be j- just in this purgatory now right they have a good enough team around baker or around darnold or around correll or around walker that they're probably not going to lose enough games to get a top quarterback and they're going to keep in this position until the team finally blows up but I still like Baker for this year in super flex leagues. I don't really care about him in single QBs because he just doesn't have enough upside to him. I wouldn't move anybody up or down at all. The Caffrey's going as the RB two in most redraft leagues. The offense, sh- in my opinion, should be a little should have a little more scoring upside because I believe Baker is that much better than Darnold. But I don't think it's enough to move him up one spot or I guess stay the same and. Depending on where DJ Moore is going, I think he's the only one that could see maybe, maybe a round boost as he should be the most benefit from the move from Darnold DeBaker. Ryan? I'm
2: just trying to see where uh, DJ Moore is going at right now. So DJ Moore is going at 506 and I think with the news of Baker Mayfield, I'd actually bump him up a round or two even. I'm going to be able to even take a look at the end of round three. I think Baker Mayfield being there is actually a quarterback boost for the whole team in general. Where I feel like Sam Donald and every other quarterback is more like a game manager. And I feel like they have to figure out what to do. Carolina Panthers have to figure out what to do. And they got to get this quarterback down thing. This quarterback controversy down where it's not just going through these quarterbacks year after year after year. I think this is the year where Baker Mayfield takes that step up and actually becomes third franchise quarterback.
1: You're drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, I thought I was drinking the Kool-Aid, but this is why Dude, Ryan's here.
2: A, this is a Baker Mayfield stand account, so you know, you can't see I it. mean we Baker both are. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to put
1: my Baker jersey on. I I, I was I was planning on to. Oh,
2: it. I got one too. You know, I'm gonna change my name real quick. Jesus. All
1: right, Hopper, your turn. So,
0: looking just kind of looking at some per-game stats, because I like to check and make sure that, that my feelings are right when I think... I, I think this is actually going to be a closer competition than people think. Um, I'm going to take that stance. Per-game stats, uh, they are 19.4 and 19.8 completions per game. Slight edge to to Baker. Uh, attempt-wise, slight edge to Darnold. Yard-wise, that's really the biggest differentiator. Um in Baker's favor, uh, 1.1 touchdowns per game for Darnold, 1.5 for Baker. Interception rates are about the same. Sack rates are within a half sack of each other. Um, and then rush yards, slight edge to, to Darnold. So, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I don't know that there's that much of a difference there. Um, just because of the rushing floor that Darnold brings. But, yeah, you know, overall, I do think that Baker does improve. It's it's a good NFL move. Um, I wouldn't go, and I thankfully I don't think people will go crazy on the DJ Moore thing. I think it's a slight bump, but I'm still not, you know, looking to take him higher than the fourth or the fifth round. Just because, especially with CMC healthy, I have some concerns about the touchdown upside that could be there. Um, I love DJ Moore. It's a hell of a talent. He's proven he can produce a bad quarterback play. I just don't know that I like him to take that. I just don't know that the, a transition from Darnold to Mayfield is enough to take a significant leap, like up a tier from where he was before. Um, from an NFL perspective, I think this is a good move for the Panthers. It gives them the best chance to be successful, even if you just have those two competing against each other. Um, I think that having those options gives them a better chance to be successful in, you know, a division that's, that's kind of winnable. How? Re- oh, so, I wouldn't
1: go kind of winnable. I think they'll. I think they'll well, be not winnable.
0: Sorry, wild card. I was on the wrong side of the yeah th- conferences.
1: I think they'll. Uh, I think they'll have a shot to at least be competitive for most of the year. There he is. There he is. Now we. Now we have two of them. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> the <night>.
0: Can I <laughs> boot Christ. the other one of you and see how that goes? That might go be
2: why. I have I a, have map a map of, of echo. Of echo.
1: Yeah, because you have two. Yeah, because you're in twice. There you go. There you go. Jesus. One of these days. Um, (laughs) yeah, like they'll, they'll, they'll probably compete at least for most of the year. I think they'll, they'll definitely compete with the Saints for the number two spot in that division. Um, the touch on upside is there. I, I think for the offense, that's why I like DJ more. That's why I would not be an issue to, you know, to reach, I guess, in this point, around up, I run up and a half. Because this is the best quarterback that Morris played with. Um, I think it just depends.
0: If you get that Baker Mayfield that was efficient with his touchdown rate, uh, you know, his rookie in his junior year, up in that 5, 5.5% five range, then, yeah, it is a slight bump to more, and I agree. You move up to fifth round. I don't think it suddenly puts him up in, you know, Godwin range or anything like that, but... When Godwin doesn't I have a
1: torn ACL. <laughs> um, let's try Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, Brian, you still have a DDP pulled up. Yeah. Why don't you go through some of the other players around that range? Around DJ if, Moore. Uh, yeah. around uh, DJ Moore. Let's see if there's anything
2: that we like more. All right. So going before him, Chris Godwin at four 12.
0: It's the ACL thing. I mean, normally I would agree with that, but with the ACL, I think that that's high.
1: I expect that to, I expect him to be more in the seventh and eighth round range when the redraft season actually starts. Yep. I,
2: yeah. Yeah. As of, as of today.
0: Yeah. Well, well we yeah, know that. I, I know, but yeah. A lot of people are doing.
2: No. I, no. I mean, like, it's like looking at it last week, it looked almost the same. It didn't really change much. So going before him, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Michael Pittman Jr., DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Waddle.
0: Hitman's about nice the only one I'd management. take before him out of that group. Yeah. That yeah. I could even make an argument for. I don't even know that I'd for sure do it.
2: And then going after him is Amari Cooper, yeah. Adam Thielen, Brandon Cook, Mike Williams, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Smith, Darnell Mooney. You're starting to go at the like those dart throws. like almost like those like almost best ball outside of like Brandon Cook. Hey, like, DJ yeah, Moore. Like, okay, DJ Hoover Moore's brush. too
0: low. I take it back. <laughs> yeah.
2: Moved.
1: go higher. Yeah, he's uh I just—I mean,
2: would you rather have him or Deontay Johnson right now? Ooh, or DK Metcalf even?
0: Uh, I think
1: I like more uh, over both.
0: I think that it's close with Johnson because I think that there's kind of a lot of similarities there as far as you know questions around QB play. They're both going to get volume. Um maybe some questions around what that touchdown is gonna look like. Both teams are gonna have a running back that plays as a bell cow. I think more and Johnson are close. I'd probably rather have more just because this is not a Deontay Johnson stand account. I do like DJ Moore. It's a personal preference. Really think they're probably in the same tier.
1: I think it really just boils down to just less competition, like actual true competition for targets there. Because you know that you know that, that Claypool will get his. Like maybe Pickens gets involved, you know. Friermuth will probably command enough to where the entire receiving core will likely, you know, get a, a slight downgrade down. There's more water being poured on
0: on Pickens and Claypool's gonna get his, but so is McCaffrey, and I would argue that McCaffrey probably ends the season with more targets than what Chase Claypool does.
2: The way you're looking at it, it's just like exactly what I said. If he's going at five oh six, the two players you said, DK Metcalf's going at the three eleven right now. DK Metcalf's going too
0: high because people forget that DK
1: Metcalf's quarterbacks are Drew Locke or Geno Smith.
2: Well, and Jug Machine. Don't forget about that one. <laughs> <laughs> and the Jug
1: Machine. At least he was productive with Geno last year during the short stint that he was in. I, I, I don't dislike DK. I do agree it's going a little bit too high. But as we start to see when when the redraft season truly starts and more of the mocks happen, we'll get a more of an indication of of where these guys are truly going. I don't expect it to be well off from this by any means, but I do I expect do. more to move up around from now, probably through the, this entire month as we get into August, especially when training camp comes out and we get a clear indication of who the starter is at quarterback. I do fully I expect we'll it'll either. be Baker.
0: I just yeah. think, that, yeah. I think that Darnold has the ability to keep that
1: close, but I fully expect it's going to be Baker. They're going to give both players a shot. Like I think we, I think we all can agree that through... Training camp and preseason. I don't think anyone should be shocked when you, when no. you see reports that and that Darnold and, and Mayfield are both taking first team reps. I mean, yeah, because got- Darnold knows the offense and he's got some of that that built in chemistry from last
0: year. And too. neither players really earned the ability to be unquestioned at this point. No,
2: true that. Yeah, I will agree with that one. We had look at too, like they to, they picked up Darnold's fifth year, so they're paying him top dollar, and then Mayfield, <laughs> what? The uh, Cleveland ate eight, 11 of it, 10 of it.
0: Cleveland ate 10 of it with
1: uh, Carolina picking five.
2: And then Baker just threw a tough field, a three and a half away. Just basically I thought I, I
1: saw that, that they're paying him 10. And, yeah, never mind. I have sports track pulled up.
2: It's like 10, 10 and, a half, five, mm-hmm. and then the almost paying five, and then Baker just negotiated three and a half off. Just said, don't yeah. worry about it. I just went out.
1: Smart.
0: So, I mean, basically what that means is that. You're Carolina, you're paying 20 some odd million for a quarterback, which is still not, you know, that's cheaper than if you had to go out and pay a guy on the free agent market. And maybe you get one usable quarterback out of both. And can you just meld them together into a uh, Mitch Trubisky?
2: Did you see
1: how? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Don't disrespect Baker that way.
2: Did you see how much the Browns are paying just in quarterbacks this year, which is also just known as Jacoby Brissett and Joshua Dobbs? I think it's like well, it- $3 this year.
1: If it's this year, we know that Watson's getting a million <laughs> until that gets kicked off the books because he's mm-hmm. going to get suspended for the year. Uh,
0: one so, other note on, on the DJ Moore thing with versus DK Metcalf. Uh, I will just say that I, I think that I might even like Moore's upside a bit more than DK's this year, um, just given the teams around them. Um, and I think that that would be the argument for DK is that I, I don't think you can argue argue that DK's floor is as safe as DJ Moore's or even as safe as Deontay Johnson's. Um, the upside that. The upside's higher um, than Johnson.
1: I don't know if the upside's higher than Moore. I think they're very similar. So I see that's the thing. Like I don't even know if his upside is as high as both of them. Like that offense is going to be so fucking bad this year. They're going to yeah. run the, They're going to want to run the football. They'll probably lead the league. three and outs like Mm -hmm. it's gonna like
2: run run, you might see like
1: do you guys remember Hopkins with Brock Osweiler
2: yeah oh my god that might be that
1: that might be how bad it gets like there is a there is a very realistic shot that that team is so fucking bad that offense is so fucking bad that it it doesn't matter how good you are you're just not producing this year and that's why I'm avoiding all Seattle players is again I still like Metcalf. I, I love him in Dynasty because they will obviously improve on it. You know they should improve the quarterback position after this year. But
2: <laughs> I'd rather take, I'd rather take DJ Moore in the third than Metcalf in the third. You know, if they flip flop, I feel more comfortable with that because knowing that DJ's more upside is there based on the, the slight possible quarterback upgrade. But then you know you still have DK Metcalf who has that boom buzz. Who I'd rather take in the fifth. Middle of the fifth round if he's there. Uh, Yeah. uh, I think that's where he'll
1: end up landing on
2: too. So, yeah.
1: I'm with you.
0: All right. And this doesn't change anything to McCaffrey. They're still going to scheme him the exact same way. You know, I don't, I don't think this moves him at all. I think it's a bigger impact potentially to DJ's more, DJ Moore's upside without changing the floor is the best way to sum
1: that up. That I agree. Like, I don't think anybody else has any real up, like, are we drafting Robbie Anderson now? Like uh, No, we're not drafting Robbie Anderson. Yeah. Now he might retire again. <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. It's just DJ Morris CMC.
0: And somebody it's... I saw a tweet that the Terrace Marshall buy low windows closed. No, it hasn't.
2: <laughs> what? Nah, that, that Dude, it's so awesome. low.
0: <laughs> uh, you, no, nobody's out of here singing for Terrace Marshall. <laughs> Remember, Baker hasn't supported a wide receiver ever,
1: so eh. And it's still one of the more dysfunctional offices in the league. It's not like Matt Rule has done a whole lot with this office. The offensive Literally. coordinator is fucking Ben McAdoo. Oh, oh, do you guys see that tweet about <laughs> so someone tweeted out McAdoo's QB man? rankings in 2018 and he had Baker ranked six <laughs> and now he gets uh he did have Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson one and two. Which is oh God. I guess okay. But then he had Baker Mayfield behind mason rudolph and josh rosen so oh man this could oh, be great man.
0: hey speaking of deontay johnson the athletics matt Kobley uh doesn't expect that the steelers will pay johnson anything close to mclaurin money or anyone else that got 20 plus million i have two schools right with of, their
1: narrative i have
0: two schools of thoughts on that thought on this if you're paying for the production and with where the wide receiver market was set at this year yeah, Deontay Johnson would probably get $20 million. If you're paying for what you should be paying for before this year, I would say, yeah, you're right. He doesn't get $20 million. But then again, neither would Christian Kirk. Neither should have Terry McLaurin. But here we are. And I think that Johnson, if the Steelers aren't
1: going to pay that, probably will find that somewhere in the McLaurin. I think somebody will pay Deontay. The Bears have and an, yeah. are are just are going to have an obscene amount of cap space next year. Yeah, they are, and I won't say that they're going to overpay, but they're going to shell out some dough and get some of these. Like I haven't obviously gone through to see what the potential wide receiver market's going to look like, but you'll you know Metcalf will potentially be there. He hasn't gotten resigned yet. You know we we just talked about Deontay Johnson too. There might be. Yeah. Debo Samuel hasn't been resigned. I yeah. mean, I assume you'll get French, I'd but...
0: Yeah. no. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that if the Steelers don't pay it, that, that means Deontay's on another team because I think he does get this where the wide receiver market's been set at. Yeah. Um, ESPN offseason standouts, just if there's anybody we need to talk about here. Jalen Guyton of the Chargers, Daniel Bellinger of the Giants, Trinity Benson from the ti- from the Tigers. Good Lord, the Lions. No, could be the Tigers. I wouldn't know any better. <laughs> Tutu Atwell of the Rams uh, and Paris Campbell of the Colts. Uh, I'll go ahead and take Bellinger because I know that the other guys are going to be probably Campbell and Guyton. Uh, the only thing with Bellinger is that he's a tight end, and tight ends are freaking mess. And re- with NASCAR. Hurt for training camp. If Bellinger really is standing out, he could draw starts as a as a rookie for the Giants. Does that amount to anything? Yeah, probably not for redraft. It means it's a name to know for dynasty. Um, especially if he sees the field early and gets the chance to use some of that. Um, God, experience is woefully
1: bad. Jesus he's
0: Christ. Pretty athletic. Um, checks in at 6'5, 250. So he's got good size. 4'6, 3'40. Um, 88th percentile speed score 82nd percentile burst score so I mean he profiles as somebody that can absolutely develop into a pass catcher even though he was pretty you know misused in college and didn't really have that a la George Kittle so something to keep an eye on Um, the
1: upside's definitely there. Uh, best comparable to Foster, Foster Monroe. Monroe we, we are a, uh, a a Foster Monroe fan account so
2: I just came out with a uh, article on faceoff. dot com about the rookie tight ends versus sophomores, and I have uh, Hunter or Bellinger in my tier four with Greg Dulwich, Jelani Woods, John Bates, mm-hmm. and Hunter Long right now. And I did say right now, Bellinger's odds as the best of this group as he only has Ricky Seals, Jones, and Jordan Aikens ahead of him.
0: Yeah, doesn't hey, it, Jelani Jordan Aikens me. is
2: there? Yeah, he's there also.
0: Didn't oh. Jelani Woods just kind of competing with Mo Ali Cox?
2: Yeah, but Jelani Woods, like, if you watch him, he's just so raw. Like, you know, like yeah, he had his tape books good and stuff, but the raw ability, like the transition from the college to pros, it's, it's difficult so for every. It's think. difficult
0: for every rookie tight end. Yeah,
2: yeah. So like people think like, oh, you know, he did this in college. Why is he? Why is he so? What was the this? scope of your
0: article? Was it long term or was it redraft focus?
2: Uh, it's kind of like right now. Like if you're to draft him right now, basically okay. that way. And then kind of like try to also do it in uh, dynasty at the same time.
0: Yeah, that makes sense because Woods is definitely a slow play. I think who again has a ton of upside, but checks on raw. So I think Woods is a is a slow play. Most tight ends are a slow play. You don't draft yeah. tight ends for year one productivity.
2: And in your rookie draft, you're not taking them in, no earlier than the third round anyway. So no, yeah, are like not. The late third round.
1: You're not I even bet. drafting Dalen Bellinger. Like you shouldn't just, you know, pick him off, off the waivers in your free agent pool. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Wait till the person yeah, that does fucking yeah, yeah, draft him to drop him because he's still a raw tight end, a raw-ish tight end that, that didn't really produce in college. So very athletic.
0: Yeah. Uh, not,
1: uh, on a team that's about to get a new quarterback next year.
0: Woods and, uh, Kate Otten are the two that are in Dolce. Some places are the are the guys that you see going.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I got Kate Atten in Tier 3 yeah. with Trey McBride right now.
0: Well, he's got a pretty clear path, unless you believe in Cameron Bray, which I do.
2: Yeah, I still believe in Cameron Bray.
0: I believe in Gronk coming back. <laughs> I mean, I just think the I mean, hypocr- hypocr- hypocrisy. I mean, Jelani Woods is one injury away.
2: <laughs> that is very true
1: playing inline tight end and never seen a target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but
2: it's Matt Ryan.
1: Yeah, he'll see exactly. targets. It's Matt Ryan.
2: I n- I know he
0: will. I know. Uh, Paris Campbell, we talked about last week. Go listen to last week's episode if you want to hear us talk about Paris Campbell a lot. We're uh, all believers in the ability. It just depends on the ability to stay healthy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is excited about Alan Lazard having the chance to be Green Bay's wide receiver one. Should we be? And how high should Alan Lazard go, uh,
1: particularly in redraft? I mean, he's got—I mean, he's got upside, right? There's no one else there to catch passes, I, I, and I'm not saying that like he's going to be a top five wide receiver in target share. He's had three years to build a chemistry with Rodgers, and we know notoriously it takes long for these. Younger receivers to finally gain the trust with him. What concerns me is the offense as a whole. And the fact that Rodgers and this Green Bay offense is one of the slower paced plays. They have, you know, one of the best defenses in football. They're going to lean, I think, even harder on the running game. And if they make Rodgers more into a game manager, that's just putting less targets out there. Um Plus his ADP, Ryan, right now.
2: Eleven eight right now. So See be, that's uh, that's fine. Like yeah, I think I'm eleventh round all day long. Yeah. I
1: think I think you'll end up as probably a ninth round pick when it's all said and done, and I still think that's I'm fine. Still
0: yeah, I'm still okay with that. He's proven he can be productive in spurts. I don't there's nothing that says that you know, he's gonna be this elite tier talent other than the fact that he's playing with, with Aaron Rodgers and all the Q B ratings when targeted, Q B ratings, target separation, all that jazz is is good. Contested catch rates respectable as it should be for a guy that's six foot <laughs> Three, but um, you know, relatively reliable hands. He doesn't do anything super special. He's just kind of a reliable guy. He definitely profiles better as a two than he does as a one. Yeah. Um, that's where you could see Christian Watson and his athleticism emerge if he can end up any fu- type of polished. But um, you know, your floor is what Jacoby Myers was last year with New England. So yeah, I
1: could see that. I can see that. I mean, a little more upside, as you said, floor, more upside floor, floor, yeah. Because yeah. there's got to be more touchdown upside
0: there from a guy six three two twenty five on an offense that's that's going to score more touchdowns and you know, some more. Rodgers is going to need yet. somebody, and Jesus like he an had to eight to touchdowns somebody. on just sixty targets last year, so yeah, he's yeah. a candidate for, to to ele- elevate that to double
1: digits. I agree, and he's not going to cost like anything. Like if he was going in Gabe Davis's range.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Different not. conversation,
1: but he's going where Gabe Davis should Actually, be That's a real good call out because, I mean,
0: the outlook for Lazard is a one and Gabe Davis is a two A two B is, uh, probably pretty damn similar
1: between the two. Yeah. And I, I fully expect Lazard is, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same conversation we had last week about, about Juju and Bateman, right? Yeah. Yeah, seems similar conversation you have a number two receiver who should be number two on a high powered offense or you have a number one receiver who should be the number one receiver coming into this year on a lower volume offense mm-hmm. so
0: i like it yep
1: they're they're pretty damn close yeah
0: <coughs> and if you're getting him anywhere near the double digits round, double digit rounds then or either of them anywhere near the double digit rounds you're happy with it you're more likely to get Lazard there though you're not getting Davis there. He's just, the hype's gone. Just, Where's he at right now, Ryan? Gabe Davis?
2: Uh, He's
1: at 8.02. Yeah, I fully expect Man, that. I, mean, I think in best ball, later. I'm pretty sure in best ball, he's going in. I think people have posted him going into third round and fourth round, which is
2: go, just insane going, to me. And going right after him is Tyler Lockett, Cordell Patterson, Amon Ross-A-Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Rashad Bateman, Juju Smith-Schuster, I'd actually really have Bateman. I would have Davis and Tate Brown. Yeah.
1: Like I can stomach Gabe Davis in the eighth round because you're probably not drafting him to be a top three receiver on your team. At that point, you're just drafting for some upside. You can nullify the risk without having to play him, but then you have to try to pick and choose the weeks to play him. And Davis has been all over the place when he gets
2: targets. So who knows? Are you gonna hold out to the tenth round? At the beginning of the ten, like 10 6, 10 7, to get Russell Gage and Christian Kirk.
0: Christian Kirk, I'm on board with. Russell Gage will be great <laughs> yeah. for the first six weeks. Yeah. Um. Let's see. George Pickens isn't going to be asked to do much as a rookie. Second straight week, we've seen reports about Pickens just kind of, you know, going to be eased into this. And it's it's just a reminder that, you know, guys like, like Pickens, you're holding on to for a year or two a year three type of breakout and you just want to see some flashes of good things in year one. I mean, two of the guys we just talked about, Alan Lazard and Gabe Davis were not year one hits. Alan Lazard was on four teams. I think across his first year. So, you know, it's, it's not a death sentence to not hit in year one. And I, I think that this, there's more water on, on Pickens, at least, you know, Claypool, last year his deal, I think Johnson. No, last, he's got it's got two years. Clay on his Claypool's got two. Johnson's in the last year of his deal, and they've already said they're not paying him. Um, you're looking at Pickens as a two year project, not a one year project.
1: Yeah, he's he's Godwin. Uh, he's like his ceiling is Godwin's arc, right? Yeah. He was he was productive when called upon in his first two years, but he had to ride the bench because they. I guess, like Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson more. Yep. And then once Godwin got a shot, and we know that Pickens is a very talented receiver, extremely talented. It's just, as you said, they got to ease him in. And Pittsburgh's track record of receivers are great. And if we're already starting to see the seeds moving of leaving Johnson and Claypool behind, this is like... Do you want news like this in Dynasty? Just You can get a little bit cheaper discount on Pickens. And when he doesn't produce your one, you're
0: going to get an even deeper discount. Yeah, people, I mean, as
1: long as he doesn't completely face plan, as long as yeah, he as can as he be does. productive when he gets his shots. Yeah, just don't pull a Terrace Marshall.
0: Or a Jalen Rager. Or, or yeah, or <laughs> Jalen Rager. It,
1: hurts, it hurts, hurts to say. Ah, it's okay, though. You can't win them all.
0: The Athletics' Joe Biscaglia expects James Cook to operate as the Bills' third down back. And to see snaps at wide receiver. State of the trade for Zach Moss shouldn't be ruled out. I guess somebody's got a bag of potato chips lying around. Uh, and that the coaching staff is firmly behind Devin Singletary. It's a gun to your head. What bill's back are you planting your flag on? You're going to redraft.
2: Devin
1: Singletary.
0: Oh. Yeah, that's that's the I, answer. Devin Singletary is the right answer. I think a lot of people are going to want to buy into to James Cook being Dalvin Cook's brother and some of what he showed on film with, with Georgia, I think them coming out and saying that he probably has a role as a third down back is a good thing because that means he will see the field and he is going to see receiving work. Devin Singletary put up some good games at the end of last year. He helped to stabilize everything. He's going to get the first crack at this job.
1: I mean, it's going to be his job. It's just, obviously he won't have the target upside if they're, they Down. clearly wanted a pass catching back in this office, right? They, they try to sign McKissick. He, you know, he pulls a Frank or backs out. And then, you know, McKissick goes back to Washington. They go out and they, you know, draft James cook to fill in this exact position. I think the wide receiver snap thing is just going to be fool's gold. though. like, as Hopper, as you like to say, it doesn't matter how many snaps he gets. If he's not getting any production with it, it doesn't fucking well, matter. So. Yeah, and this is
0: a team that's not short on people that can play the play the slot. They, draft, they drafted Khalil Shakir and signed Jamison Crowder. And they have Isaiah McKenzie. And they have Isaiah McKenzie. So you got three guys that can be dynamic out of the slot. So you might get some third down work out of James Cook. Um, but, you know, until that clears up a little bit, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna get anything super high there or until, you know, if he starts to, you know, show the hot hand and cuts into more of a fifty fifty approach with, with singletary, then you probably get some flex value there. Yeah. That's the most you can hope for.
2: hmm
0: So Singletary's the guy. The Athletics Jeff Zrayback right uh, states it's highly unlocky and likely that J.K. Dobbins plays in the preseason. So my question here is, are you concerned is this a safety measure from the Ravens to hold him out, or is you know he not quite right from the ACL? We saw a similar thing with Tariq Cohen, who tore his ACL early on in a game and still hasn't come back.
1: Well, it, The it, most Dobbins just, was doing was catching off of a jugs machine. It's also not just Dobbins. I believe Edwards and... Hill, we're also, like, there is no clear cut if, if either three of them are going to play in the preseason, especially training camp. So I think safety concerns is probably the best decision, Um, which means you could see a lot of Tyler Batty in training camp and in preseason, which could help carve out his role behind.
0: Which I love.
1: Yep. Which w- he'll carve out his role behind Dobbins and Edwards. Like I've been saying, I don't think he'll mix the team. I think he'll end up getting cut. Um. This should be a smart play. There's no he, he he knows this playbook. He's been productive in it. He doesn't. You don't need to rush him back. Um, but we'll, we'll need more. We'll we'll need to see more updates as we get uh, further into the off season.
2: Any more clarity on it? But just because like we're basically going off what we saw at the end of 2020, and then the preseason of last year before he got knocked out in what week four of the preseason, where he tore yeah, and we're still, yeah, was, all, yeah, I feel like we're still living on that. We're living on that hype, and like I agree. Going at three hundred seven to me, I I can't pull the trigger on that. That's just to me. That's just way too high. Like because we're trying to go back off that. Is he higher than like Sw- what he was?
1: Is he higher than Swift and Monty? Uh, he won't be higher than Swift. Swift is, I think, high second. Monty might be right around that range,
2: though. No, Monty's Monty's going to be before him. Okay. Uh, Zeke's going before him. After him is Gibson, Elijah Mitchell, James Conner. Josh Jacobs, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne.
0: Uh, probably Mitchell, at least up there. You can make an argument for Mitchell ahead of him. Otherwise, I think that's that's about right. Etienne's a rookie that is coming off of an Achilles tear. Um, the other guys are, you know, just kind of mixed into who knows roles. James Conner is not the model of health, and they just put, um, oh shit, Keontae Ingram behind him
1: and, oh, Williams. and, and Damian Williams.
0: Williams yep so you know the way yeah. to keep James Connor productive is to limit his touches so
1: so it's the right grouping of people it's as the right grouping. I think I would I think I would take Connor over him I just like that I, I just like the offense a little bit more no, for and the, for yeah, running backs. you can make that argument too and yeah
0: you know Mitchell you could make the same argument after last year that not a model of health so I think it's the right area to have him in you're yeah. not necessarily drafting it upside in that grouping. I just think that that grouping is in general is probably not going to feel great, which is why you probably draft wide receivers in that range. Yeah. It sounds like an avoid to me. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> just, this will be a high third, I guess.
0: I like the Tyler Beatty point though, too. the way if they do hold out the guys they project to be top three Beatty produces and gets himself into that rotation. You know, they're going to ease those guys back into game action as the season goes on. And, you know, it's bad for fantasy, it's good for the Ravens because I have enough guys for where they can probably realistically do that and not have it be a problem. Yep. But it's bad for fan. It's bad to start the season in fantasy. So you could be looking at some of these Ravens Ravens backs is you know second half breakouts or probably before second half. But you know it could take them four or five weeks to get going before there's any clarity
1: there. Yeah, I agree.
0: All right. Um. Uh, we'll hit a beer review. Then we're gonna go around the internet.
1: Or is it too early for a beer review? Wanna talk about any of the early Scott Fishbowl you guys have any questions? Uh I know you
0: told me that like twenty quarterbacks went first round, so I mean it sounds like pretty much like what I'm expecting.
1: Yeah. I've I uh Any surprises I fully expect. Uh for mine, not not necessarily. Uh Tom Brady won first round, I guess, if you want to call that surprise. Well not player
0: surprises, more so strategy surprises. Anything that would be a curveball
1: from the last couple of years. So this at least through the sleeper drafts, I'm assuming with MFL it'll be the same. You have to play a kicker. That's that's something that has been moved. That's because sleeper can't allow uh kickers in the flex position. But I think tight ends are gonna go a little bit earlier or later now. I think I think the worlds of Kelsey going top five, top three, like we saw last year is probably gone of the three divisions that drafted last Saturday. uh, He went in the second twice. And then in that third division, he was at the turn. The guy went, uh, the guy went Kelsey Andrews. So he had his own specific strategy, Mm -hmm. but otherwise I think you're going to see a lot of QBs go early. Like I think you're going to see seven plus easily seven plus if not eight we had 10 go in the first round. It's not surprising. So it, it's, you're going to have to grab him early, but it's also going to help push down some of the other positional playmakers. I think having a later pick this year, plus a third round reversal, you're going to see some really strong starting teams because of this, you know, you know, guys like Cook, Eckler, Cup, uh, and Jefferson, Diggs, Lamb. Those guys are going to be pushed into the second and third round, maybe even fourth round for some of them. So
2: how'd your team turn out? I like it. Um, like what was your strategy going in?
1: So as we talked about, I think it was a couple weeks ago when we talked strategy, I, I want to get two quarterbacks by the fourth round. Ideally I wanted to get them by the third round, um, but because of how they were going, it, it, it was just, I had to wait and take some of the, the guys that dropped. So I, I took Murray 105. I followed that up with cook and lamb. Um, You know, three guys they can easily be the top of their position group at the end of the year. And then I went Trevor (laughs) Lawrence in the fourth round because there he was the he was the twenty first QB off the board, I believe. It's crazy,
0: yeah. See, I think so. That helps because I think the way that I play that is if somebody falls, I'm going to take my shot on on maybe one of the guys that falls, and then have to pull the trigger on that second quarterback regardless. Yeah, so in that area, if if that's how it goes, you know, it could be 20s might be a little heavy. You might be able to sneak into the fourth round, so play it by ear a little bit. But, you know, it also depends on where you're at with that third round reversal, too.
1: I think mine went a little heavier on the QB. I think it'll get a little more light, a uh, push down, because we only had two players dying. We had two non QBs go in the first round, we had no receivers go. It was both McCaffrey and JT first round. I think when I looked at the other boards, it was a little different. Culp when first round, Jefferson went first round one. So you'll see some based on strategies of your other league mates, you'll you'll see some ship get played out differently. I think mine was just more of the heavy QB uh, division. Yeah,
0: that helps because that tells me that I'm going to plan on still two QBs in the first three. But if it's QB heavy up front, then. You know, round two, I'm going to be looking for a top tier running back or wide receiver. That probably running back that has uh,
1: maybe fallen. And so Zink I will say bit, this: try to kick I off got, a run. I got Mac Jones in the ninth round.
0: That a boy. That's, That's actually amazing. that actually right there makes the Lawrence pick in the fourth with that upside incredibly good. Because Mac,
1: I, Jones, I love my QB so much. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Mac Jones
0: and Scott Fishbowl is. Better than he is in regular fantasy leagues because of the, you know, high
1: completion percentage, little turnover. Yep. And there's less negatives this year. There's no negatives to kickers, which is huge. Huge. So I'm, I missed my boy Tucker by one round. But it's okay. Trade it's for okay. him. It's okay. <laughs> Drop Trade him. I'll, yeah. I'll give you Daniel Carson and a beer.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um. Okay. Now I'll hit a beer review. And Then we can go talk some fun things, Ryan. We got some things we need your opinion on. We Dan and I did some in and dealing after we the had beer a review. Fun last we had couple a, days. We had a fun last weekend.
2: Yeah. I'm going I'm to be part of it. Beer review.
0: All right. Um, I'll go ahead and start. So I was drinking Good pie, good vibrations from Noon Whistle. Uh, it is a sour ale, sweet cherry puree, vanilla, um, artificial flavors. Uh, natural and artificial flavors, sorry. Uh, checks in at 6.5%. And hold on. I thought I was going to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> there it is
1: great. It is great radio. Sure YouTube, you saw are it. It. Look at that. Look sure at that.
0: YouTube, you saw it You're on the podcast. You just heard it. Um, anyway, overall for a sour, this one's actually not aggressive. Um, I think the sour actually serves more to balance out the sweetness a bit. It gives just a mild tartness, which really accentuates the cherry notes like you would get out of a cherry pie. Um, you know, I don't drink this and think immediately I'm going to have heartburn, which is a problem with, with some sour beers, especially if I drink You know, try to drink a 16 ounce can of them. They just, they don't sit well with me. They're normally kind of an avoid, but this one, um, really like a lot of the heavier fruited beers, the sour just kind of gives it a little bit of tartness like you'd expect from that fruit. Helps balance up the sweetness from being there so much. Lactose gives it really good body. Um, it does kind of taste like cherry pie filling. I, I will give it that. It's not as overly sweet as it would be if I was just eating a can of cherry pie filling, but, you know, it does. I get those vibes off of it. It does have the the cherry sweetness, a little bit of tartness, um, you know, a good body to it that makes it kind of cling a little bit, kind of like the you know cherry pie filling would be a little bit syrupy. Um, and it's good enough to where, even though I don't necessarily taste the the flakiness of the pie crust, I can imagine it being there. So you know, far as pastry sours go. A lot of beer purists scoff at them. Some of them are done really well, and I would say that Noon Whistle did this one really well. More known for for hazy IPAs, but they kind of hit this one out of the park.
1: Ryan?
2: Well, since I'm good at talking over the uh, everything, I'll, uh, I had Pacifico. It comes in at 4.5%. And it's a Mexican lager, and it's just it's like another Mexican lager, you know? It's, it's nice, it's crisp, it's a good summer beer. It's kind of like a Corona Modelo type beer. Just typical Mexican lager. Nothing really to explain on it.
1: Light, light, and light. You can crush a lot of them. Damn. All right. I, again, am drinking uh, Basil Hayden's uh, Toasted Barrel. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it a sniff and then we'll break down the process. So on the nose, you know, you get a little light alcohol in it, but you're going to get a lot of the cherry, some cherry wood. I get faints of vanilla. Um, I don't get really much of the true toastedness to it, but they get a lot of what the wood that was probably used or at least what the barrel was Asian. So there's a lot of cherry and some little more of those darker fruits to it. Drinking, still going, and yeah. <laughs> Are you done? On the mouthfeel, um, little light. I don't get a lot of, there's not a lot of heat to it. I know it's a, a bit of a lighter proof. Uh, compared to other toasted barrels but you get more of the vanilla and some of the toffee and chocolate that come out to it on the mouth and on the back as you swallow. um and then you get you know faints of the cherry and some of the other darker fruits that we're being you know partake from the barrel uh through it overall it's not it's not my favorite but it's definitely not a bad sipper we'll see how it opens up as i as they continue to drink the bottle
0: well we will indeed uh one of the more polarizing bottles
1: that, I, that I've seen.
0: So, thank you very much uh, to people for letting us buy your alcohol Ar- <laughs> around the internet. So we're going to go around the internet a little bit. Some of this is us. Some of this is things that we just saw posted somewhere. Uh, we'll warm it up a little bit with the trade talk. This is not a trade that Dan or I made. We will get to that. Uh, this one was... Uh, so there's no stated league format, which it By the way, if you're posting for trade advice or how did I do in a trade or whatever that case may be. Um, my advice to you is just in your initial post, include the league format because it matters. So no league format here. So I'm going to assume it's single quarterback. Uh, it's Kyler Murray and Cooper cup for Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney and Derrick Henry.
1: Oh, that's bad.
2: Yeah. But it's also so, like, so hard to look at these teams, though, because you, you have to see the team and not just like the trades of the players. I don't need to see you know? the team. I don't need to, don't need to know any of,
1: anything about this league. That trade fucking sucks. Yep, there That's is a bad trade. <laughs> Hold on. All right. I think we share the same sentiment, but not again. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> right,
0: Do we share it for the same reason?
1: Oh, God. Don't tell me we're on different sides of this. Maybe I don't, we don't
0: think we are.
1: No, I don't think we are. I'm either.
0: not playing the homer side. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, I'm not. <laughs>
0: okay, good. All right, all right cool. I was going to say, I'm on the Murray and Cup side.
1: Yeah, easily heavily
0: on the Murray and Cup side. Yeah, easily. Fields has yet to establish himself. Derrick uh uh I think he's 30-plus now. 29, 29, about to be 30-plus. Um, Big-bodied running back coming off of a foot injury, and Mooney's been fine, but he still projects as more of a two on a bad offense. Cooper Cup's on a great offense, um, and Kyler Murray is a top five dynasty quarterback.
1: Got it. I mean, you hit that out of the park. Like, it wouldn't matter Pretty what, the for- yeah, doesn't matter what the format is, doesn't matter what the scoring setting is, I- I- unless you're getting plus points for being named Derrick Henry. Like right. this, this deal does it makes there's there- it makes no sense to me, right? Derrick Henry, uh, 28 and a half, So I apologize. He'll be twenty nine at some point this season. You hit, it- you hit it on the field. We have no clue about Justin Fields yet. Uh, Mooney will be a target hog this year. Then we'll- what after that when they you know, bring guys in a free agency and draft, you know, draft by receivers. Uh, cup will have his, his hyper production for at least a couple more seasons. And he play the way he plays receiver will age gracefully. And we've seen Murray produce at a QB at a high end DQB one rate. So again, there's, I, I don't know what went through this person's head to trade away Murray and cup and for this, but. Godspeed.
2: Alright, you convinced me on the drunken trade. It's you, isn't it? Yeah. It's you. Bye. You made this deal, you bastard. I, I asked the question. <laughs>
0: was this you? No. I hope not. So I, I didn't think, think it say. was. <laughs> I, I didn't think it... I think Wait, I remember you... remembered if it was I almost put a... I almost put an Aaron Schill article in here to talk about it, and then I didn't. And I probably should have. It probably would have been good promotion, but...
2: It's okay. We still
0: got time. I'm not gonna go back and look it up. Let's be real. I spent my 45 minutes putting this together. We're we're good. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. No, next week. Uh, next. Yeah. Next week. Maybe. Uh, manager has both Chase and Higgins. This is kind of a strategy question more so than anything. Does it make sense to hold on both with his other wide receivers being Lamb, Godwin, and Juju Smith-Schuster? So. I mean, first and foremost, my biggest takeaway here is ignore the team, especially in Dynasty. It doesn't matter if you have the top two wide receivers on the same team or not. You have to rate your players as individual, well, players. Um, That being said, you do have a little bit of of a glut of riches here. You're not... You know, Godwin and Juju right now, I think, are definite holds. But midseason, I would probably be looking to move a Higgins, a Lamb, or, you know, a Juju, potentially, if it were me. Because you have a glut of riches here. And to me, what that, without seeing the rest of your roster, what that tells me is that you probably have some deficiencies that you can fill from your wide receiver core. Um, you know, you're not going to start all four of chase Higgins, Lamb, and Godwin. So move one of them and fill out that roster a little bit more. Um, you know, whichever one you want to move most, I'm not saying it has to be Higgins, but just because you have chase. Um, so I think my two points here are one. You, the uniform doesn't matter because they could just as easily not be in the same uniform by the time you're, you know, their fantasy usefulness is lapsed, especially for wide receivers. Um, but my other point is that when you're that deep in a position, use it to fill out other positions.
2: Ryan, yeah, what's your thought? Like, but yeah, I know I, I totally agree with Hopper on that one. You have that load of wide receivers. Why hold on to them if you're weak at tight end or weak at running back or even weak at a quarterback? You can just get, you know, you could trade Higgins if you wanted to, like you said. You know, if you don't want two players on the same team, you can get a running back plus. A pick or something out of the deal to try to get that fill in that hole, and then plus you have something there for next year ready to go too. At the same time, if you wanted to, there's many ways you can look at it.
1: I will. Uh, I'm sorry. Do you have more to okay. say, run? Sorry.
2: No. All right. Go ahead.
1: I first off, this is this is when it's a good idea, a good a good chance to let people know what your roster setting is setting, in especially what your your complete roster setting is, because if he has he has to start three and, and as a couple flex, I think you're in a pretty good position to keep all five of these guys because they're all have insane upside, obviously more than others. If you have to move somebody, I agree. You want to wait till mid season um, to see what happened with guy, Gaw- you know, with Gawain and Juju. I, I, you want to ideally try to keep both, both chase Higgins and Lamb, right? You want to keep two top five, top three, potentially, you know, dynasty receivers and chase and Lamb and, Higgins will be top 10 until he moves. Godwin should very well
0: be up there too. If he comes back fine, yeah, I don't think the ACL changes that you got quarterback questions though, too.
1: Potentially. Yeah. It, 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 I think with his age, him getting older right now. And then obviously with the unknown at, at Brady and what's behind Brady is what's going to keep Godwin from being in that spot, which I have no issue holding on to him because Brady could play for three or four more years. And this argument means absolutely nothing. Cause Godwin's still going to be a top flight receiver. And by the time Brady's done, He'll be too old anyways, and you'll want to move on. Um, I say, I, I mean, I have no issue keeping all five, right? Like, we know the, we know the importance of depth and dynasty, especially if a team trying to compete. You want as many starters as you can possibly get, which is why you want to be able to have this opportunity to keep all five of these guys. Um, if you, like I said, if you're weak at other positions, there's no need to break down your strengths in hopes you can f- fix a different position. That's why you navigate through the draft. That's why you navigate the rest of your roster. That's why if you're in a win now move, you use draft picks instead of players, right? If if we knew what his draft picks were, we can say why don't you just trade, you know, your first maybe this year and next year and go and try to grab a top-flight running back instead of ruining your wide receiver depth.
0: I think it's funny and ruining
1: you- your chance at that run.
0: It's funny that you called out Godwin's age too, because while he's the old man of the bunch, he's still only twenty six. I know, I know, I know, right?
1: I like I said, like both him and Juju are are, are in their prime. Yeah, so I want to keep all five. If it's me, I'm trying to keep all five, I, 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 unless they get a god offer for Chase, because he's like it's insane what people are paying for. Well, Those have been known to happen too, and I mean,
0: you still are gonna have three top ten wide receivers, I think, even if you move Chase.
1: Yeah, it's uh, and what you'll get in return, right? No player should be untouchable. Yeah, ever not for you the right price. Know what your players are worth, and we're gonna get to that here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> As you could, it's it's a great lead into what I did during our our draft over the weekend.
0: Yeah, we're not gonna go there first though.
1: Well, I mean, not
0: now, but now we're
1: gonna go to me first
0: because yours were more impressive. I think yours were bigger. Let's put it that way.
1: Mine, mine. There's a firework or two in there. Alright.
0: <laughs> so Dan and I both uh, were wheeling dealing a little bit, Ryan. Uh, we were in a rookie startup draft and so we're going to start off with some of what I did. I inherited an orphan team that was picking second overall on their own finish. That was one of those teams that this is IDP, Superflex, PPR, no tight end premium. Um, and... This is one of those situations where there's some pieces, but they're pieces that aren't necessarily going to help me rebuild later. So I'm going to go through, I think the way that I'll do this is I'm going to go through the three trades individually, kind of discuss each one and then the totality of it, and see if that changes how it looks. So the first move was Travis Kelsey. I traded Travis Kelsey at a 2023 third, Tyler Lockett, who the plan would be to try to move mid-season or have another package piece on, um, and the 109, which ended up being Christian Watson. So that trade ends up being Travis Kelsey um, and a third for Tyler Lockett and then Christian Watson at the 109.
2: That's not too bad. I mean, because you're not competing this year. And if you're not competing, there's no reason to hold on to Kelsey, so you might as well try to get something out of him while he's still 10 while he's at age thirty two right now. Yeah. And you don't know when that when you and you don't know when that you know, he's just gonna fall off that cliff.
0: Yeah, and with it being non tight end premium, that you know, that already kinda hurts the value. And I feel like maybe I could have gotten a little more. But the two things that were in my inbox when I woke up were that and the next trade, which essentially allowed me to move back one spot in the draft and acquire um, a th- extra third round pick, Tyler Lockett, Evan Ingram, Kadarius Tony, and another third round pick for moving back one spot in the draft and giving up Travis Kelsey. So, you know, it was really not this move alone. It was this move combined with um another move that I was able to make, and I pulled the trigger on him at about the same time. To to really kind of. Solidify what I was doing.
2: So you got any additional pieces out of it?
0: I did. I did because what I was able to do was I added that I, I traded Kelsey in a third and added the extra 109. And adding the extra 109 let me move the 108 for uh, which ended up being trailing Burks for Evan Ingram, Kadarius Tony, Rashad White. And I know Dan in particular is probably going to hate that move.
1: Yeah, I I wasn't. Uh... I mean, yeah, I I I don't hate it. I see what you were doing with it. I just I wouldn't have made it if I'm a rebuild team. So, you're
0: right. And for me, what I'm looking for here is is lottery tickets because I'm not just a one year rebuild team. Yeah. Okay. And I don't want a bunch of picks stacked in this draft when it's a super flex league and I know I'm likely not getting a quarterback in this draft. And I need running backs. The defense is actually not in bad shape, and this is a draft where I can really build wide receiver, and I've already picked up Christian Watson. We're still in this draft, by the way, and I've already picked up Christian Watson, so for me, it's like what I'm trying to do here is give me as many lottery pieces as I can get, give me as many lottery tickets as I can get that are either guys that I like to take another step that can then be flippable but are also still young enough to where if I really believe in them, they can actually be part of a rebuild. And that's the type of player I was looking at. Now, Tyler Lockett doesn't fit that mold. Tyler Lockett is purely a, he can be a safety net and maybe somebody I can move or package into something later on in the year. Um,
2: that's what you're hoping for with him. You want to yes. package him in the middle of the year because he's that—he's beyond that uh, prime age of playing. So you're waiting for him to actually break out, and then next thing you know, people are trying to trade away it's tough this players.
1: Was- He's with Seattle, so like, like even if he hits that ceiling, it, there's just so many people down on it. You just move him as a rental. He
0: basically yeah. replaced Brandon Cooks on my on my roster. Is but the way that it's saw it it. But if yeah. you
2: See, do think, it consistently, it's going to be easy to get rid of him, then cause you, especially you know, if you got a team that ends there.
0: up with injuries or that or that needs a two, or you're trying to make something bigger happen, and maybe you just need a sweetener.
2: Yeah.
1: See, I think for me is be, like because you want to make this a multi-year deal, I would like you. We'll talk about the next trade too when you, you know, when you move Brandon Cooks. I would be trying to get twenty-three picks, not because like that's the cool thing to do, but because it makes most sense to what your strategy is. Like, and I did end up with a couple of them later. Yeah, yeah, and you know, for as much as I love Rashad White, um, it, it's so tough because given his age and and what the likely outcome of what of what Tampa Bay should look like in a couple of years you just may miss that that you know his value being now to where what his value could be in about 3 or 4 years so he, i think he's the best piece of part of this deal to be to, to be perfectly honest cuz if he hits and you're not ready to compete you, move you can for... offload them for a very hopefully a nice shot. especially if Fournette gets hurt for the whole year. Yeah, you find that you find that Fournette owner, and you're like, you know, bring yeah. 23 first and then potentially plus. So, um, Evan,
0: yeah. Evan Ingram and Kadarius Tony were were research trades for me as part of this deal. They were they were players that I targeted that I like either because of what they were able to show in limited work. Kadarius Tony or what they did on a bad offense and were and are now being moved to have a new opportunity but still, you know, young enough, especially Ingram it just at twenty eight years for a tight end and highly athletic. Um you know, this is a guy that was ninth in route participation, third in slot snaps, ten and in, tenth in, in routes ran. He was um Ninth in target premium, 5th in cushion, 4th in target separation, 3rd in contested catch, 10th in juke rate. I mean, 10th in drops is the knock on him, but Evan Ingram going to a new team is tied in that has some pretty significant upside. And Kadarius Toney is the only wide receiver on the Giants that showed in the clusterfuck that that offense was that showed any type of efficiency at all as far as yards after catch, juke rate, um, And so what he was able to do with the ball in his hands. So, you know, those were two target pieces as guys that, you know, I think I could get both in the deal. And, you know, in the case of in are both young enough to where if they do hit, especially with Tony, um you know, if Tony hits into you know, a Tyreek Hill light type of player, not saying he'll be Tyreek Hill, yeah. but a Tyreek Hill light type of player, you know, that's something that I can absolutely make good on, and I'm okay with that um, because I see a scenario where where Tony could have a similar value to Traylon Burks. Now, it's a long shot. I'm not saying the odds of it are great. I'm saying that it's
1: in the realm of possibilities. Sure. So, You've talked me into liking it a little bit more. I actually like the Evan Ingram move. Right? If it was more tight and premium, I think I'd like it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. but there is a lot of room to grow in that in that Lawrence offense yeah a um, lot of slot options that's a, a little concerning depending on where he's going to line up maybe 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 he gets the pits rolling. He plays a little outside more yeah like, they don't have any true options right I think there's there's a chance that maybe Ingram gets used more in, in, in that proper way and Doug Peterson's had a lot of recently, success It's ends. had a lot of success with his tight ends in this offense so I, I do like that Maybe it was just maybe I would have liked to see you get more, but I, I sometimes think, that's based on the league. You know, sometimes you yeah. just can't get as much as you want.
0: Well, and I, the reason I knew you'd hate this is because Traylon Burks ended up being the 108, and I know how you feel about Kadarius Tony too. So, <laughs> uh, it, it, it,
1: it, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's, and it's it's
0: whatever. We're gonna play into that in the next two leagues. In the next two, though, as it comes to strategy. So I already kind of told you guys what I'm doing, which is I'm looking for lottery tickets but also know how people value people. I could tell you how I thought Dan was going to value that trade because of how he felt about two players. These next two trades are 100% purely me knowing that the people I made the trades with value the two players that I traded.
1: I like these next two trades for you.
0: Me throwing Brandon Cooks to Ian is somebody who I know likes Brandon Cooks Meant that, because I I think for most people, Brandon Cooks for a second was probably going to be, you know, what it was. That's what I was anticipating that would build around. So to get KJ Osborne on top of that, and what should be a higher volume offense, we've talked about liking on the show, is a guy that could have some wide receiver three type value that is also a younger player.
1: I liked that. That, that's two pretty good value picks right there. And I believe I saw a tweet for Rams, this Kevin O'Connell Rams offense last year. I think we're maybe number one in most wide receiver three, or in most three receiver sets, yeah. which means Osborne has a chance to creep into that high seventies, eighty percent, you know, snap, snap range. Share. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for him to have some boom games in there too. He was productive in the absence of Thielen last year. And I just don't think that just goes away because he's bad because Thielen's healthy. I think Osborne mm-hmm. has his role and he should easily be.
2: And with it being, a, being a, a super target.
1: flex
0: IDP league, second round picks are inherently worth more.
2: So. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: that That's a pretty good trade there. Yeah. yeah and, and, I like that.
0: One. And uh, so check this out. Looking at Van Jefferson, right? 90 uh 64 percent week one 98 77 65 62 74 181 eight 95 nine 92 six 100 77 77 93 95 you get the idea um his overall snap share was 81.1
1: last year very good chance that that's where Osborne lies in and he's a flex he's a weekly flex option with this with his vikings offense.
0: Yep, and then the last trade was. Uh, so this is more of an IDP thing. We're not really an IDP show, but I will say this: Leighton Van Der Esch is a player who's only twenty five years old, who started off his career hot, 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 and really tailed off. He was a linebacker seventy six. I picked the Cowboys fan, and said, "I'll trade him to you for a fifth round pick." It's a guy I should have got. It's a guy I was considering
1: cutting. Can't say healthy. Can't stay help And you can find linebackers like crazy, yeah. in these leagues.
2: And it's better to get something for them than just throw them back into the pool for someone else just to pick them up. Exactly. So that's a win-win for you either way. And even if the fifth round pick turns into nothing, you still got something out of it. And it You're was
1: going to get players to get moved down because it's not a league.
0: Yep. And it was again just, it, it was one hundred percent just knowing that that guy's a Cowboys fan who likes LVE. Let's just throw it out there and see. Um, so, overall, what that ended up being was Travis Kelsey, Brandon Cooks, Leighton Vander Esch, Traylon Burks, and a 2023 third for Tyler Lockett, Christian Watson, Kadarius Tony, Evan Ingram, Rashad White, K.J. Osborne, a 2023 second and a 2023 fifth was the overall trade off there. So, my roster, I think the big takeaways there is the roster got younger. I got some younger upside pieces and added some 2023 picks. We'll also... Uh, picking up uh, a high upside wide receiver in christian watson is part of that
1: it's a good start in the it's a good start in the direction you want to move in right and you yeah. like even if you know it may not work in your favor potentially i it. you definitely have some pieces that can you can definitely continue to keep moving to and keep acquiring i when i took this team
0: i saw it as it's going to be a two to three year rebuild. So, I was
2: just going to say that it sounds like you're working out two to three years right now. Mm-hmm.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking when I saw this team was, it was going to be a two to three year rebuild and that's okay. I'd never taken on an orphan before. So that's exactly what I think the uh, sexiness of an orphan dynasty team is, is that you get to, to grab it and kind of play general manager with it a bit. You're inheriting somebody else's work and determining, all right, how do I put my stamp on this and how do I make this more successful? Um. Uh, all right, Dan, you got some big ones in here, too. <laughs>
2: got, got, got some fireworks. The grand finale. Uh, this, yeah.
1: this first one's fucking this one's huge. So you gave up Chris
0: Godwin, Jonathan Taylor, Baker Mayfield pre-trade. The 2022 104, which ended up being. Who did that end up being? I think Garrett Wilson. <laughs> it was Garrett Wilson. Yes, you're right. Um, so you Have the, yeah, yeah, it was Garrett Wilson. I got it further down. Um, so yeah, you give Chris Godwin, Jonathan Taylor, Baker Mayfield, and Garrett Wilson for Travis Etienne, Rashad Bateman, Brees Hall, and a 2023 third,
1: and a 23 first as well. The 23.
2: So you, got a 20, you got 23 first out of it too. Yeah. Holy
0: crap.
1: Wait, you got a 23 first? Should have. Let me go look. I could have read it. Uh, yeah, I got, uh, I got a 23 first as well. So, so Godwin, JT, uh, Baker in the 104 for ETN, Hall, Bateman, the 112, 23 first and a 23 third. So I didn't miss me, that. Okay. Me and Ian went back and forth on this. this. This started off with Ian wanting to trade, you know, for the one Oh four to, I think it was a small deal to me going, no, we're going to have some fucking fun. He was also very stone, which it's also very fun to do. <laughs> and I at three i I I'm trying to retool this roster, right? I don't have any quarterbacks. My two quarterbacks right now is Geno Smith and Jameis Winston. This trade is me looking at potentially competing for next year. But ideally, probably in two years out. So my running back choices at this point is based around that. You know, Brees Hall should be in his third year by that point. Travis Etienne got off to his slow start, but he has a fifth year option, will also be in his third year. Will be in his uh, fourth year. You're expecting and,
0: Bateman, to, uh, the Ravens, to get more pass happy, and Bateman, to... just Bateman being
1: his his own version that. of AJ Brown. Right. Yeah. I'm expecting that upside. Um and me being able to get enough first round picks for next year to be able to grab a couple quarterbacks to bait this run I, I also picked a picket a lot in this draft um if if i i could almost piece together a competitive run this year having two startable running backs i also have miles sanders behind them i have a my you know my wide receiver cores is, is fairly strong now when you add in you know bateman a side a dj Moore. Um, God, maybe he's not as strong as I thought it was, um, but got some workable pieces there. I don't expect to compete this year, but I'm going to be competitive in weeks, just having this many running backs. And I still have a lot of movable pieces. If I really want to tear it down
2: yeah. guys
1: like miles yeah. Sanders, you know, DJ Moore. If I want to get that crazy, I'm, I'm not trying to remove the players that are going to be core pieces on my team in a couple of years. And that's the biggest no, thing. When you look at a rebuild is you got to identify who you want as your target, as your main uh, core when you're ready to compete and you, you ideally don't want to move them. Yeah. It's exactly what I did. I, you know, the flip
0: side of that, what you did keeping DJ Moore, um, is kind of the flip side of what you did by moving Chris Godwin at 26. He's going to be entering the end of his prime by the time that's over. Jonathan Taylor, who in, you know, three years, he could still be really good, but the upside of Brees Hall probably, you know, at that point in time, either equals that or surpasses it is what you're betting on. And you know, for me, it was moving Travis Kelsey um, and moving Brandon Cooks, who are guys that I know aren't gonna are still very usable pieces right now. That I would love to have my ro- on my roster if I was competing right now. That aren't gonna be by the time I get to that point. So let's get them in the hands at a price to somebody that's gonna use them. Um, because you you know you have to identify. What's tradable, what's value, what are you willing to break up with, and what do you need to keep as your core pieces? I think what you did here on paper, you know, Brees Hall for Jonathan Taylor, I think a lot of people would agree that that's just breaking this down the way we normally would. Brees Hall for Jonathan Taylor, I think a lot of people would agree that's a good move. Chris Godwin for Rashad Bateman, and Rashad Bateman, that's a little bit of a bet there. Um, You know, then I think Baker Mayfield probably aligns with the 2023 third at that point in time, because you just really didn't know. Um, but that's also picked up a little bit by that, getting that 2023 first back. Now you did have the one Oh four in there as well, which became Garrett Wilson. Um, and ETN. I mean, this is one that on paper, I think it's a bit of a gamble gamble. Because I don't think it's bad. I think you're betting on players that you like. I know you like Etn. You're betting on him coming in and being able to produce the way he was drafted to produce. I know you like Bateman. You're betting on on Bateman hitting that AJ Brown type of upside. And if they do, uh, particularly with that extra 2023 20, first thrown in there, you know, I'm not worried about Brees Hall. I think that you end up in a really really good spot here. Um, that 112. You later traded away. We'll get to that in a minute. But the, giving you that piece also helped you acquire something else. So I think overall, this trade actually is better than it looks on paper. Knowing what you're doing, knowing how you feel about ETN and Bateman, and knowing what you're betting on, I think there is a little bit of betting here. But there's a little bit of betting in every trade. You're you're trying to look into the future, especially when you're a rebuilding team, and you know you're playing that upside game, and it's no different than what I was playing with you know Kadarius Tony or Rashad White. You're playing the upside game a little bit, and you're you're betting on people you believe in to
1: hit and trusting your scouting. Yeah, like this is just it's it's a you know little less players and a lot more of the draft currency and giving me the flexibility. Given where my team is, mm-hmm. I did try. I I did look at trying to get a quarterback. Yeah, I did look at going. You know what? I could I could be I can be set up for next year while also having. I didn't want get enough get a quarterback early this year. Like, I'm not yeah. saying to draft one. Oh, uh, you're saying pick to trade be, for one? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying I, I looked at trading before I made my next trade, which we'll talk about. I, I looked at quarterback yeah. to see if I can try to pry away one of these younger quarterbacks that maybe people have been soured on and, and take that shot. But if you look at the quarterbacks across the roster on these teams, it's just far... There's just so too much parity. and There's, there's no team. There's maybe one team that has an overabundance of quarterbacks. Otherwise, everyone's yeah. pretty scattered.
0: And that's the hard part about Superflex is that, such super Superflex dynasty, is that when you get quarterbacks, people are holding on to them. You're going to have to give up a haul to get a quarterback. You're better off trying to get yourself in a position to draft one because, quite honestly, when they're spread out like that, nobody really has a surplus
1: to trade from. So, Yeah. Ryan, what is your thoughts on this, on my deal, on my first trade here?
2: I like it, and then like like Hopper was saying too about your 104, and I can see trading the 104, and I think you actually got a good deal for the 104 by getting Travis etn and a 23 first out of it, because that's how I look at that part of, like everything that Hopper said, was like nailed it until we hit that 104. But I see that 104 because I look at etn still as last year at that 102, so basically you trade got like a 102 plus whatever first next year for your 104. I think it's I actually like the whole trades all in general.
1: Oh cool. And what's nice is is that because of how I view the one oh four and the range of players, like there's not like my tiers from from after Brees all from the one oh two to a mid to late the, first is pretty much the same.
2: Yeah, one oh two like one oh eight is almost like basically the same type of player you're gonna get. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I will say this just from the other side, from uh Ian's perspective as well. Um getting godwin jonathan taylor uh in a Superflex league getting somebody that's got a good chance to be a starting quarterback and try to remake themselves um and garrett wilson out of this who has potential to be very very good in this league he did a pretty good job in this one as well i think this is yeah.
1: a trade that works out both ways this is why it's it, this is like even if you're just trying to flee it's always good to make the trades look balanced i use trade calculators all the time i do I want to know where the value lies in on both sides, so I'm I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be our buddy Sean and f- and trying to win every single trade. No. That's not my goal. My goal is to make my team better mm-hmm. from now and and into the future. Mainly because if I want to construct this team more, so in the future, but like you don't want to destroy bridges, burn bridges by making or offering these super lock sided trades. You gotta try to be fair. Otherwise it's just it's gonna make for bad play throughout. I used a trade calculator
0: to put together that one oh eight for Ingram, Tony and, and White Trade and try to dial that in and figure out what pieces I wanted. I mean yep. it helps to know if you're way far off.
1: Yeah. They're they're good.
0: never gossible, but it helps you to know if you're super far off.
2: It's a good it's, reference point to use. To yeah. Give me an idea of what you're looking to get.
1: And if you dunk on people for using calculators, fuck you. Like this is probably why you don't. You're not very successful in dynasty, It's because you're 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 betting on yourself way too much to be right. Which yeah. Right. It's I'm telling you from a veteran dynasty player. Don't wrong, be we're super we're high on yourself. We are more. We are often. We're often more wrong than we're right, especially we're more wrong on the players we're trying to be right on. All using a
0: calculator does is it's like asking a friend.
1: An unbiased friend. An unbiased friend (laughs) that usually has a numerical value associated to it. (laughs) It's done by
0: some formula, I'm sure, not just arbitrarily. Um, Okay, your other trade then. And I like this because it it daisy-chained. And it's another thing to note on both Dan's set of trades and my set of trades is that my first two trades that I read off played off of each other. And both of your trades... Played off of each other. There's strategy here that's going into play because it's not just a one and done. So yeah. your second trade was to move Jacoby Myers, the one eleven, which ended up being Chris Alave and the one twelve, which ended up being Malik Willis for Michael Pittman and Kyle Hamilton. Um, I love
1: this. Deal. I love this trade. I was so happy when he accepted. <laughs> you like Pittman a lot. I do. I, I again just based on how I'm when I'm trying to compete. And it, it, I, I felt a little indifferent when I made it. When I saw the players he took, I felt a lot better. <laughs> yeah, he
0: he's got he took Olave and Malik Willis. So
2: where did the Ritter go there?
0: Ritter, I got Ritter. Ritter Hopper. The, you took him in the I third got him round, in the right? third, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I took Ritter.
2: I really Ritter, have Ritter over uh, Malik Willis right now. Willis no, one
0: twelve for Willis. Sorry, I took Ritter yeah, I took yeah, Ritter early second, I think. Early second,
1: that's right.
2: That's yeah. right.
1: You, you're right. You took him early second.
0: And that was my goal is that I wanted Willis in early second because I figured Ritter would go ahead of him, but if he didn't, then I was fine with Ritter too. That's why I didn't take um, a quarterback with that one oh nine. So anyway. don't like this one quite as much. Um and it's not anything really to do with Pittman so much as it is that quarterback carousel that the Colts seem to have. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the fact that I just... There's a certain amount of volume that I want to see out of out of Pittman. And with Alave, you got to figure that the Saints are going to be in a position to maybe even get his college quarterback. You know?
2: Oh, D.J. Stroud? Yeah,
0: I mean if this season goes shitty for them, which by all accounts it could, um you know, didn't my
2: they away did not the Saints trade away their pick though, their first round?
0: Did they uh, they might have.
2: Philadelphia. I think they traded to Philadelphia.
1: No, that was the Saints. That's what I'm talking about, is this Saints? Yeah, saying, I'm sorry, I, I thought you were yeah, talking about happen. about Pittman.
2: Yeah, I don't Colts. think the, I don't Probably think the Saints they have, have a first round this year. They don't have a
1: first round next year. Until they trade they Michael win Thomas. A... I don't think they're getting a first for Michael Thomas. May- I mean, they might. Maybe we've seen we've we've seen dumber moves happen. So wider yeah, supervisors to the roof. In any event,
0: I don't know. Um, Jacoby Myers definitely covers the floor part of this for Pittman. I think Alave covers the upside, and in a super flex league, Malik Willis is the wild card. Hamilton's a defensive back. I don't take a lot of stock in
1: defensive backs and IDP, just because. Based on settings, you yeah. gotta look to see how they're scoring interceptions, pass breakups. Thankfully, yeah. Kyle Hamilton should play like a hybrid. I, I hope he plays in the City box a little bit more. Box. Yeah. That's the hope. Like maybe becomes of his own version of Jeremy Chin, but, uh, it, it's, it, it's me just building for the future. And like, you, like if you want to look at it from not even a player's sake, trading two firsts and Jacoby Myers for Pittman and a second round pick. It's that's how I view this process. The players help me feel see, better. I still don't know. I see. The, the, yeah, I felt. I, I, I felt you. more. I, I felt more even when there was no players taken. Like this deal, I'm paying a little up for Pittman, right? You're going to pay up for players you like, and to get out of the, to lose some draft picks in a weak draft class that I don't particularly like for a player that was hyper productive and was very very efficient last year with Carson Wentz. So you know he can play with bad quarterback play. And then on top now you get Matt Ryan who as you just mentioned I agree there is an unknown with Pittman, but if the Colts also struggle, he could get a quarterback upgrade within a year or two. I'm betting on talent more so than I am on the immediate, you know, immediate future. So the thing with this
0: betting on talent it comes down to for me is am I sure that you know, Chris Olave doesn't end up being a better NFL talent than than Michael Pittman.
1: Pittman's hey, hey, proven hey, it at least.
0: Hey, yeah. Olave
1: you're betting on short term, which he should have short term, because the Saints are also probably in a, as they're you in a
0: clusterfuck of a situation, but yeah you know in a rebuild you're also betting a bit on on long term. And the thing with Pittman is you know, he's shown floor. He has shown floor. I, I'm not taking that away. And I think that's why, you know, Myers plus covers that that floor that he's shown. It, it's the upside. And when we look at this three years from now, you know, is Michael Pittman a better wide receiver than Chris Olave? And I think you could argue it both ways. And is Malik Willis a commodity that you're after in Superflex? Yeah, I think that was a, a reach lot of people think him. that he could be. That was a reach yeah. by him. I agree. That was a
1: bad pick. I'll just like, again, it makes it, I think it makes the trade some more balanced when you want to use the players, which you, we can at this point, because we know the, who they are. All the picks have been taken. It's Myers,
0: Alave, and Willis for Pittman yeah. and in Hamilton. And the thing with Willis though, is that if he hits on the raw upside, a lot of people expect him to have it's Trey Lance all over again. Than horrible draft,
1: with far worse draft capital. Far worse
0: draft capital, sure, but the talent. A lot of people are expecting. Um, you know, I think this one could could flip upside down worse than than the other oh, yeah. one. But again, you like Pittman you you believe in in big upside. I believe in more. Um, you I'm know, see Myers hurt floor plus. I I believe in, but yeah. You know Myers doesn't have any upside. We know that. He's, he's all a floor.
1: two disguised as a one. Great, great for redraft, right? Oh yeah. But well, uh, no scoring either. So he's uh, a. <laughs> he's
0: so unlucky. He had a touchdown. <laughs> he's so unlucky. He did have a touchdown finally. No scoring. Pittman, I think. I'm trying to figure out where I think his his upside is.
1: So I'll say this, right? Keenan Allen, Kyler, if he gets a quarterback. No, because he plays more outside and more vertical. Well, I think looking at, production. I think,
0: I'm not looking at the type of player. I'm looking at it from a productivity standpoint.
1: I think Allen Robinson. Maybe Alshon Jeffrey. See, I was trying to Similar give you a comparison styles.
0: that I like. I'm not looking at styles. I was looking at productivity.
1: Well, I mean, fine. Then Mike Williams, better Mike Williams. Mike Williams you from last were, year?
0: You were just straight striking out on players that I like. You don't have I mean I like Dash. I like Alsh- cop- there's Jeffrey. no
1: way there's no way that I can cop Pittman to Allen. They completely different roles of receiver. I'm I know you're doing it from a production statistically. standpoint, sure, but they play like Pittman arguably would have higher upside because he plays on the outside. Would he? Yeah, because he, he should. Just
0: because so he s- plays outside. saw
1: receivers s- don't have the same type of upside as generally it's outside. <laughs> historically um, Cooper Cup
0: would like a conversation with you
1: Cooper Cup is a fucking <laughs> unicorn you fucking know that Wes Welker, is, Jefferson. Wes
0: Welker would like to talk Justin Jefferson Michael Thomas from a couple years ago Keenan Allen for his whole career I got a list of guys that want to have a conversation with you about
1: that. that's hey, that's fine it's just a few guys so at the party historically but Anyways, anyways, it, it, it's what his success. I think were. Pittman
0: separates better and has better hands than Allen Robinson. Just let the record show. And I don't think he relies as much on contested catch as Alshon Jeffrey. No, he does. was
1: great last year. I mean, so again, as I was saying, they a uh, player profiler went back and they went through what uh, and they went through all like uh, almost every player's routes. Ooh, Larry right?
0: Fitzgerald just called.
1: Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> he didn't play in this slot until the end of his career. Maybe Pittman goes that route. I doubt it. I don't I maybe mean maybe. So Pittman was top five in, in total routes win and routes win rates. Like the dude just he wins. And you're you're buying into his efficiency and hoping that the production right. so my player comps
0: on guys that win routes are typically slot receivers because slot receivers are normally the guys <laughs> that win routes. But he's doing it's this on the outside. Not the outside this guys. is so fun.
1: They, it's like Justin Jefferson with win all the slot time. snaps. I love it. Ryan, Ryan, sorry, you're supposed to give more of your thoughts and then, then to just your Hopper and I
2: No, I to so what are your Hopper, thoughts?
1: What is your thoughts on this second deal? Are you in the same boat as Hopper in this, or do you like it a little more for me?
2: I like it a little bit more for you. I mean, I, I'm a Michael Pittman Jr. fan because I can see him actually producing low end wide receiver numbers with an upgrade at quarterback with Matt Ryan. So, I actually do like that for you. At least he has Matt Ryan this year. Yeah.
1: And maybe two years. We'll see. And then,
2: yeah. And then, like, if they get, like, say, like Julio, like, Julio Jones or something goes there, I mean, does that make them better? You know, he could actually be more efficient because he could actually start pulling defenses toward Julio still and have that Matt Ryan connection.
1: I mean, at least he has Alec Pierce and Hold Paris on. Gamble Hold on, Dan. Dan, yes. I think the phone's ringing. Hold up. Mi- it? It's a call from
0: Miami three years ago. Oh, what's up, Jarvis? What's up, Jarvis?
1: Ah, <laughs> Jar- <laughs> uh, Slot receivers are far more productive in today's NFL, thank fucking God. We needed more. We need to get rid of the true alpha style and, and, and breathe in the, the, into the new era. Fuck, maybe Pittman somehow plays more in the slot, right? He had a 12.2% slot Snapshare rate last year maybe that increases i don't know either way i'm not advocating for him to play the slot i'm just (laughs) just saying saying the
0: production comparison just because i compared a slot receiver to an outside guy because when i think of people that can win routes it's slot receivers and when i think of productivity that's going to come from not being explosive but from winning routes it's mostly slot receivers that come to mind
1: it's it's generally touchdown up generally generally touched on upside is the really only argument. So I mean I was wrong in that sense where they can be productive. Generally, it's a touch on upside. Ooh,
0: conference call. Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin both on the phone from Seattle.
1: They were productive, <laughs> and they both played. The and slot. Golden Tate productive. Golden <laughs> Tate. There's a long line of production slot receivers. Again. I should have been more, I should have been more specific with my, with the argument. I've touched on upside. Ah, uh, you, you got me going. All right. <laughs> I guess Do you want to talk about the trade as a whole. I mean, I, I, mean, I feel like. Yeah. I want to talk about the trade as a whole. Of
0: course I do. Uh-huh. So you're overall in total. Keep me honest if I missed anything. You got rid of Chris Godwin, Jonathan Taylor, Jacoby Myers, Baker Mayfield, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Malik will, and Malik Willis. To add, yeah, Travis Etienne, Rashad Bateman, Brees Hall, Michael Pittman, Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton, 2023 third and a 2023 first. I love that
2: 2023 first. Yeah. It was so good.
1: I made it a mandatory deal in my trade with Ian. I, I wanted both of the 23 first, but he wasn't having it. There is a lot of name cachet that went out the door there. (laughs) I'm just
0: saying. It was such a A lot of upside that could have a lot of name cachet
1: in a year or two. There was, it was a lot of fun. I, I had a lot of fun working
0: this deal out with Ian. I mean, a lot of name, a lot of established name cachet that went out the door there, but yeah, and a couple high end dart throws too, but same time. Yeah, we could easily flip around on that. And you got your guys. I think that's the the most important thing, is you knew the players that you wanted to bring in.
2: Well, especially if that 2023 20, first is like one of the top five picks. And it you're won't KNA, be. Oh, okay, it won't be?
1: It's, it's not Ian's. It's oh. not Ian's 23 first. Whose was it? It's uh, uh, Corey's. I haven't looked at Corey's team. Hold on. Uh, her team is loaded with aging players. It's, it's like... I believe she made the playoffs last year. uh Running backs is she has Fournette. Uh, aging aging roster, you know Brady. She 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 got Wilson from me. I think I forgot. Brady Clyde was.
0: Kareem Hunt Robert Woods galladay Evans Cronk who's retired. Fournette Russell Wilson being the quarterbacks are kind of stacked.
1: A lot of, it's boom. I don't. I'm looking at a roster, not a whole lot of depth. So it's very much a glass ceiling team where you, you know a could couple end up. Could,
0: you could end up in the top. You're probably going
1: to be in that four to six range, probably. I pin me f- from like three to nine. Her just making the playoffs, maybe wins a game, probably not. I'm racing Two, to the bottom because she has a. Uh, She's it's it's a super glass ceiling team, right? Yeah, she has a Brady Evans stack, which is a here running backs are probably what, what's going to potentially break it for you know make her break it for with Clyde Hunt and Fournette. That's where I can trade J.K. Dobbins too. Good. Do you have Dobbins? Yeah. I do have Dobbins. Oh yeah.
0: Never mind. She She doesn't a, have any picks. No though. Picks. She's,
1: <laughs> she she moves. She is uh she is Art Jordan in my home. League. Has no picks whatsoever has no first-round picks that we can even trade for. <laughs> 23 yeah. first. In case and, you're interested, my tradable run.
0: pieces that I have left right now are Hunter Renfro, Russell Gage, which you already know what I'm planning to do with him. Yes, you got to um, move him. Yeah. I have McCorkle, which isn't bad. I have McCorkle and Derek Carr. Carr could be a guy I look to move. McCorkle's probably locked in McCorkle. as a 2 for a while. Yeah. He's probably locked in as a 2 for a bit. Um, yeah, Edwards and Dobbins. And then you catch, have, and then Calvin Ridley, which is a total. What the hell do you do with him?
2: Oh my god, he's you, so hard. To you have to fun do
1: players you can move around with, like, like the Osborne move. I like because I don't believe in Osborne as a long term answer, but man, if he catches fire this year, he even has a streak. Yeah, I can, can be him. I got for, Tim
0: Patrick sitting there. That's the same
1: thing. <laughs> you got Patrick. You got Jamison Crowder. Yeah. who I believe is going to outproduce produce Gabe Davis. Uh, uh, so there's oh. a fun
0: fact there. When I was looking to make more moves and I was pinpointing people that I know believe in players to make moves with, I had pinpointed you with Jamison Crowder.
1: It wouldn't have happened. It just, uh, it just a, it, well, that's why it I didn't. Because build. then I looked yeah. at
0: your roster and saw that it didn't fit your team. I was like, if he's competing, this is a move that I'm making. And then I saw that you <laughs> probably weren't. And <laughs> totally took me out of that mindset.
1: Yeah, it, there. I mean... You know, Gage, if he has a pop-off, which he should at some point to begin the season, Hunter Renfro, if he can snag targets away, you know, from Adams, which I'm should.
0: You know that I'm holding Renfro. I know. <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> at least
1: I'm for, saying from an unbiased looking viewpoint, cause At least for third, a year. Yeah, I know. Third and Renfro is a shot, but you, you still got, you still got moves you can make. Like even on the defensive side of the ball,
0: Yeah, maybe I'll draft Khalil Shakir, and then I'll I won't feel as attached to Hunter Renfro. And
1: I, I I don't know what the world is going to do when 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 uh, Khalil Shakir all performs Gabe Davis. Well, that ain't going to happen because he's all
0: the combination of Khalil Shakir, it's Isaiah McKenzie, happen. and Jamison Crowder might outperform Gabe Davis.
1: No, I can see but. Crowder all performing him by himself but that's a conversation for a different day that's a conversation for training camp battles which, that's a conversation ooh, there we go thankfully okay. they both play separate position not separate positions separate roles at wide we'll argue about target
0: volume too that's coming up here if not next week the week after because training camps start end of the month we're
1: already there we're what two weeks out I think from yeah. uh, from the hall of fame teams reporting potentially yeah oh, we're so close
2: the fun begins. Oh, indeed, the it speculation does. Speculation starts, and over is going to be insane.
1: Ryan, did you make any trades that you want to talk about? No. I don't I really, want you to feel left out. I don't like if you made trades that you want to hear your thoughts on. I don't I want you to feel left out.
2: I haven't made any trades, but I've been looking at one of my teams because I keep forgetting about it because it's one of my free leagues. So uh, pff, free leagues. I know. I know that's why I'm like, oh yeah. There's
1: only one free league that's worth it.
2: Scott Fishbowl. Still right. waiting on
1: Nick to set a draft for. <laughs> at least he brought yeah. that up to me when I talked to him last. He's like, "I should probably set a draft date for this." I'm like, "Yeah, Maybe. we're getting a little late in, into rookie draft season, but that's what I was going to ask. It. That was
2: going to be the next question after I asked you guys this question. Was you know, did you guys talk to Nick at all about? Yeah. Getting a I'll see draft him. Going?
1: I talk to him a lot. You'll I'll see. I'll ask him about it see him
0: Saturday, right, or Sunday.
1: I'll see him Sunday.
0: Okay. So
2: like right I'll ask now, I have a trade offer of uh, Daniel Jones. I would just uh, Daniel I, Jones. I, I would trade Daniel Jones away. It's a super okay.
1: But my, okay.
2: my, my only quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, and I'd get a twenty twenty three second for it.
1: Ooh, I'd hold. I actually like Jones. Maybe having a little bit, having some boom next year, this That's upcoming season thinking. with Dable, and maybe I'd say move him afterwards because I don't think he's going to be in the team. He might play for another year. I try to get a first from him though. I would, I, 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 my goal would be to try to get a first.
2: Yeah. That's what I was saying is like, if just he find some desperate year, team. Yeah. My team starts kind of going downhill. It's like, okay, I got, I got to move him because there's something I'm going to do now.
1: I like what the other players, what the other teams doing, trying to get a guy with some, like I, I don't like Daniel Jones, but I, I, I like Dabble to be able to find a way to find production from him this year. And he's got, he's, he doesn't have the worst receiving core in football. You know, Galladay, Tony. I think All Shepard's right. still there, maybe.
2: And this one's an easy note. Barkley. 223rd first for me. So he wants my, my 20. I Because I have multiple 20 for, uh, 2023 first next year. Okay. He wants two of them for oh, Matt God. Ryan and, and TJ Hawkinson. What? What? Yeah. No. As a
1: super flex? Yeah. Jesus Christ. He should just flamed it. The- no, don't flame
2: them. That's rude. There's
1: one year yeah. of Matt Ryan. That's so bad.
2: That's why I'm not, I'm not saying their name. I'm not saying anything
1: about them. You know, they're a good guy. Wait, it's like, like, is it somebody that is on Twitter and stuff, does stuff? Uh, or is it just some like rando?
2: Just some rando. I
1: don't know. Okay. No, uh, don't say their, name. Just, no, out don't their say the name. just put, not
0: say their Twitter handle. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> yes. That is a bad. That is, uh, that is a definition of a terrible trade offer. Like what you should not do. You should not come after with some lowball offer. As my old, as my old, as my old boss would say from back in the day, I'm just trying to show you who I like and who I want. I'm like, then offer me a fair fucking deal to start with, you asshole. Is that Lane? No, no, no. This is well, this is back in my Minnesota days. Uh,
0: Not to call Lane out, but
1: (laughs) this is, uh, this is Danny's brother. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Horrible trade part. Makes sense. Horrible. Horrible. He would never make trades because he was so afraid to lose them. Like he was deathly afraid. So his offers were just like all my starters for his bench, just to show who he likes. No, don't do that out there. Be
2: fair in your first sales. Smart. Oh boy. I buy, yeah, it uh, should at least be a
0: starting point, even if
1: there's a counter there. Yeah.
2: My beerfolio. I'm definitely gonna do some uh, moves in this year. That's, but that that's good. that
1: league is just so. I'm just so concerned. I want that a rookie know. draft. I don't, there don't know where I, right I really want to go. I don't even know that I can trade there. I don't think I have anything. I got Drew Locke. My quarterbacks are a thing there Hurts, Mayfield, and Fields. And Percent. Right. I have four starting quarterbacks. I think I'm odds there right now in a 16 team league. Dynasty. Jesus. I have four startable quarterbacks. That's startable, but four. No, I'm sorry. I don't have Percent. I have. Ooh. To Rod Taylor. I have.
2: too, so. oh, Mac Jones
1: and Drew Locke, and. I
0: still have. <laughs> Jesus. Alright, you ready for this Who's Who at Quarterbacks? This team is so bad. <laughs> you ready for this Who's Who at Quarterbacks after, yeah. uh, Mac Jones here? Yeah, Drew, Drew, Drew Locke. Okay. Taylor Heinecke. Blake Bortles. What do you got from me? Blake Bortles. Andy Dalton. <laughs> Mike White. <laughs> Chad Kelly. Oh,
1: it's 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 all your favorite hits.
0: Kellen Mond, Gardner, Gardner Minshew.
1: It's Hopper's greatest hits. C.J.
0: Bathard Well, besides him. Besides him,
1: <laughs> this is all your favorite. That's like that's amazing. That is the most Hopper quarterback core. Besides, <laughs> besides McCorkle, because the the problem is for you cheap. may be
0: sitting here thinking.
1: Why the hell are you holding
0: on to Blake Bortles, Chad (laughs) Kelly and Mike White and CJ Bathard? And the reason is there's literally nobody on the waiver wire to pick up. I have no reason to not hold those
1: roster spots. Nick has, uh, this, this league is deep bench and 16 team leagues two tight end premium super flex. Like I'm in a similar draft and it's just, it's which I'm up in. It's, it's insane. Like, Good luck getting more than than two starters, and some teams won't even have one.
2: We have 17 bench spots.
1: Yeah, I think when Nick made it, he was a little aggressive. I I will say that. little, little uh, aggressive. But I don't
0: ever want it to change.
2: No, No, it's fun. No, it's It's, fun. It's so deep.
1: Yeah. It's a good kind of deep, you know?
2: (laughs) Chris, do do you have any picks this year at all or no?
1: Oh, yeah. In that league?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I do. I've What's got oh, the
1: 108, the 308, the 408. Oh, fun. How am I Probably. picking... How the hell am I picking that low? I have two firsts. One That's one how bad this league is. You heard my quarterback you know core? Pick I'm picking that low. I got fucking Jake
0: Kumaro in a starting wide receiver spot. <laughs> 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 And I'm picking eight.
1: It's one of those, like, you want to tear it down, but it's going to take your, you're like in a, in a three or four year rebuild. Jesus, Demarius Thomas is
0: still on my roster. Oh, rip. rest in peace. I, th- I actually think I did that and started him when he, actually, I know why that's a thing. I did yeah. that and started him when he died Yeah, is an honorary thing because I was not competing for anything.
2: Uh, my favorite Ooh. trade partner, though. I, just, I keep seeing Drew's name on here on all my trades.
0: But you know who I do have on my roster
1: that's about to be a hell of a trade piece?
2: Cameron motherfucking Bright.
1: Ooh. Oh, yeah. Go get that second-round pick. Go get that second-round value.
2: I tra- Last year, I traded uh, Travis Kelsey for two first, and I still have Dalton Schultz on my team.
0: Actually, that's how. I've got Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, George Kittle, and uh, Chris Godwins sitting on my IR. That's what it was. I literally didn't have enough players to start. That's that's why I ended up <laughs> starting DeVarion. Do I could not awful. field anybody that was going to play because of all the injuries.
2: My team's like tight end heavy, even though it's not tight and heavy.
0: All right. I've had the outro graphic up for a bit. Thanks for tuning in
2: <laughs> at Beer Field,
0: at Beerfield Hop, at Beerfield Field, Beer field Thurry. At Ryan Minor underscore FFB at FF Off At We'll talk to you next week. Anybody was still listening after that rambling at the end? Thank you. Godspeed. Godspeed. <laughs>
2: that was fun. Whoop.